Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. Can't really take the day south as a person. You can't go out there and be a moron. It doesn't work like that. The nightcap. We're eating their food on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right. We got a brief edition of the nightcap tonight. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Getting to Monday Night Football in less than a half an hour. A strange game in that the Chicago Bears, who have a winning record, are an underdog at home to a team with a losing record. Vikings-Bears tonight. That game is interesting in that the NFC, if you look at the NFL standings right now, the NFC is full of teams in playoff spots that will probably remain in those playoff spots. Look at the teams in the NFC right now that are just outside of a spot. Chicago at 5-4, and four, Detroit at 4-5, and five, San Francisco at 4-6, and six, Minnesota at 3-5. and five. Those are your top four teams just outside of the NFC playoff picture. Any of those teams and still confidence in you that are going to make a run? Maybe the Vikings. They have looked incredible in their last two games. But you're coming from two and a half games back. So maybe it's the Vikings. They're getting that sort of credit represented in tonight's game line. Uh, so it'll be a good one, though, I think, between the Vikings and the Bears. And that both teams are, you, you can't figure out if they're good or not. You can't figure out whether to take them seriously. As, hey, could they chase down the Rams or the Seahawks for a playoff spot? That's where you're competing with, by the way, for the 6th and 7th spot in the NFC. So, good one tonight. Fantasy implications, I'm sure. People got Delvin Cook out there, Allen Robinson, Justin Jefferson. Maybe you've got one of the quarterbacks in deeper league, Kirk Cousins or Nick Foles. Monday Night Football starts tonight at 8.15. Our coverage starts at 7.30. Lot to get to in a brief half hour. I'm planning to get mostly into the Bills Cardinals game tomorrow because I do want to touch on the Saber uniforms tonight. I do want to touch on it. So we'll save that for the back half of this segment here. But I do want to address last night's game. Was not on the overtime show with Nate. And I, I listened to a little bit of Nate, and it didn't sound like Nate was pulling people back from the ledge, and that's fine because I think Nate was ready to jump off the ledge on the overtime show. They lost a game like that, and it's painful when you lose a game like that. But I am ready to pull people back from the ledge. I know it's been 24 hours, a little less 
and, you know, it settled down a little bit. But even right after it happened, I, I'm different. My mindset, I feel like my mind works different than most fans in that I'm so quick into thinking, all right, what's next? What's next? What's next? Bigger picture. Are they still fine? Because that's the question I was left asking myself five minutes after the game. Did that play mean anything to them meeting their goals for the season? It did for one of them, and it didn't for the other. One of them is winning a playoff game. The other is winning the division. And for the purposes of winning a playoff game, yesterday did absolutely nothing to make me think they can't do it. If anything, it reinstilled confidence in me that, hey, that is... A good team. I just went through how weak the NFC is outside of the playoff picture. Arizona, after that win yesterday, is now six and three. They were five and three in that moment. A five and three football team. You are on the road. They are one of the most dynamic offenses in the league. And you were you were a prayer away from beating them on the road and proving to eight and two. And by the way, look around the league right now. Look around the AFC. In the AFC, there are a lot of teams that are getting a lot of wins off other teams with losing records. Every team that is currently 6-3 and three or better in the AFC, and it might surprise you to know there are nine of those teams. Nine teams right now in the AFC are 6-3 and three or better. The difference between the Bills at the 3 seed and the, and the Titans at the 9 seed is half a game. That's how tight the AFC is right now. But... Look around the AFC. Teams against winning records. These teams against teams with winning records. The Steelers against teams with winning records. They're 3-0. They're 9-0 on the season. 3-0 against teams with winning records. You know, they haven't been tested, I guess, a whole lot, but you'll find, I think, a lot of these other teams haven't faced much more than three teams uh, with winning records either. So Pittsburgh's 3-0. They've beaten the Ravens. They've beaten the Browns. And they've beaten the Titans. Pretty good. Can't, you can't. Not too shabby. You can't really dock the Steelers for winning the games that they've won. Kansas City is 2-1 and one against teams with winning records. They lost to the Raiders. I mean, are they... They're the Chiefs. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. I feel like I'm hearing a lot more, oh, the Steelers are the ones who have played an easy schedule. The Chiefs have played an easy schedule. They're in a pretty bad division, and they lost to the Raiders, who are maybe the only decent team in their division. They're 2-1 and one against teams with winning records. The Raiders are 3-2. and two. Not great. It's okay. Pretty good. The Ravens are 2-2. Two and two. The Colts are 2-2. Two and two. The Titans and Dolphins are both 2-2 two and two against teams with winning records. And the Browns are 1-3 against teams with winning records. That's your playoff picture right now in the AFC. No one is really beating great teams. The Bills, and notice every team I went in there, Three games for the Steelers, three for the Chiefs, five for the Raiders, four for everybody else. The Bills have faced seven teams with winning records this season. Seven. And they were a prayer away from being five and two in those games. And now they sit at four and three in those games. So what should that tell you about what the Bills are? They were right there at five and two. It makes me think they are real. You know, Josh Allen drives them down the field at the end of the fourth quarter, and he makes a spectacular throw 
to Stephon Diggs for the touchdown that 99% of the time is going to win the game. That drive the Bills put together, that throw that Allen makes to Diggs, that's repeatable. That is something that you can you can plan for. That is something that you can commit to. That you could bank on is your quarterback having that drive. That's something you aspire to is to have that drive. Nobody aspires to have Hail Marys. Nobody. Nobody wants to ever be in a position for a Hail Mary. You want to know why? Because it's a completely remote chance that it's going to be successful. There hadn't been a Hail Mary that had been successful in the league for five years before yesterday. Five years. It was a fluke. The game itself was not a fluke. The loss was not a fluke. There were other moments in that game where you could have done better and you should have done better. Bahorquez with a 12-yard punt. Allen throwing two picks in the second half. They were both pretty bad. The Bills offense just, I mean, getting stuck in the third quarter once again. Only coming away with field goals in the first half. And we're banking on your rookie kicker to be kicking 50-plus yard field goals for more than half your points. There were other moments in that game, no doubt, that contribute to it not being a fluke. But the play that decides the game is a fluke. Give me every single game this year, the Bills being down to a Hail Mary at the end. And they'll win the Super Bowl. (laughs) They will likely win the Super Bowl. If every single game they play comes down to a Hail Mary on the other end. Sign me up. And there is no reason for me to think that fans or the Bills themselves should feel any less about what they are as a team. On the larger scope. The bigger picture, what are they? What are they supposed to do? They're supposed to go to the playoffs and win a game, if not two, if not three. And there's not a single thing that I think you could take from that specific play and go, oh, well, now, I mean, are they real? They're not going to do it, right? I think they're less likely to beat the Raiders now in a home playoff game. What? Come on, it doesn't mean anything towards that. What it does mean is your margin for error over the rest of the season, and this does, I guess, matter to that previous point in terms of where home games be played, but it decreases the margin for error the Bills have for the rest of the season in terms of winning the division and seeding. Because 8-2 and would have looked a lot better in the standings today. 8 and 2 right up there with the 9 and 1 Chiefs and the with the 8 and 1 Chiefs and the 9 and 0 Steelers separating yourself a little bit from the Colts, Raiders, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns and Titans who are all 6 and 3. They're all a half game back of you. And really, all you have to do is be better than one of those teams at the end of the day. You just have to be better than Miami, who is one of those 6 and 3 teams. But your margin for error gets smaller in that if the Dolphins do happen to catch you, and they have three easy games coming up, they play the Jets, the Bengals, 
the Broncos, maybe without Drew Locke this coming week, who's not that great to begin with, I don't think. I think he's pretty bad, honestly. But they might be down to Jeff Driscoll or Brett Rippon. Miami has got an easy couple of games coming up. It is not. It is completely conceivable to me that they are 9-3 and three in a few weeks. And that's daunting. That is something to take notice of. That is something to be a little worried about. If Miami catches you, now maybe we're talking about playoffs at all. And we don't want to get to that point. And that's what a couple of losses that you don't expect will do to you. Suddenly, games that looked like, you know, you were going to be set on cruise control against the Chargers, the 49ers, the Broncos, the Patriots. Those games now, like, you got to do, you can't misstep. You can't misstep because the Titans, who people were talking about being a AFC contender two weeks ago and being one of the better teams in the league after they throttled the Bills on Tuesday Night Football a couple of weeks ago. Fast forward a cu- two losses, and they are, they are ninth in the conference, just like that. And yes, they are tied for fourth, and they're tied for their division lead. But that's how quickly it could change. If the season ended today, Tennessee would not be in a playoff spot. That's how quickly it could change. And the Bills now, because that play happens, their margin for error goes way down. You just got to handle your business against the Dolphins. It's really all it is. You beat them Week 17, and you are still a massive favorite to come away with the division. You just got to not fall apart in the other games and beat Miami Week 17 and you're good. That's a lot. Week 17, you don't want that game to come down to meaning the division or not. But, hey, it could. Because as I just said, Miami's next three games are easy and they could be 9-3 and coming up here shortly. Are they good in the first place is another question, by the way, with the Dolphins that we'll have to spend more time on in another show. Um, But this is a legit division race. And part of me... Part of me is a little glad that it is a division race. I don't want it to be the case. You know, it would be fun if the Bills ran away with it and we were talking about Kansas City and Pittsburgh above you instead of avoiding teams catching you from behind. But it keeps it interesting. It keeps it interesting. And I felt like I was missing something last year. After the Bills beat the Steelers, it felt like they weren't playing for anything. And it was still fun because we were looking forward to a playoff game and we were still thinking about what the quarterback was in the long term. But they were the five seed from like week four, from week 13 on last year. And you didn't have these, you know, nerve-wracking games where like you need the result. And I'm okay with it being a little interesting down the stretch here. The Dolphins are going to be here. I think the Dolphins are going to be a thorn in the Bills' side for a long time. And I'm not even sure if it matters if Tua Tagovailoa is the reason for that. He's looked okay. He's looked fine. I have not seen elite potential out of him yet. That could come. It's only three games. He looks good enough for them to be threatening the Bills all year. He doesn't look good enough for me to think pick them to take over. But the Dolphins, with Brian Flores, the roster they've put together, the quarterback looking at least pretty good, they are 
They are interesting. They are very interesting both on the short term now and on the long term. But again, yesterday's loss, I just can't I can't equate it to anything meaningful for what the Bills are long term and what they are when playoff time rolls around, unless it really does cost them seeding. And that's possible. But if it doesn't cost them seeding, I don't really want to care about it. Honestly. Does it matter to whether they can beat the Chiefs? As I said, give me a Hail Mary by the other team in every Bills game, and they will be the best team in the league. The Allen throw to Diggs. I really hope we don't forget it. Because on the 31-yard line, he lets that ball go. That ball travels 30-plus yards in the air on a rope in a big spot, and it's a great route by Stephon Diggs, a corner route to the pylon. You, everything's on display there. Everything is on display there. Your quarterback's vast improvement in his accuracy. He is actually leaning backwards. He's not even really stepping into that throw. He's kind of leaning backwards with pressure in his face. And Allen has been one of, if not the best quarterbacks in the league this year with pressure in his face, by the way. His arm and the steps he's taken were on display in that throw. It's a perfect pass. And then the elite wide receiver that you went out and traded for, he was on display in that moment as well. A one-on-one matchup on the outside. A jab step right before he hits the goal line to the inside to make the corner think he's going to break in. And then the quickness to be able to then turn to the outside, get that yard or two of separation, and then to leave your feet, make the catch while you're in the air and come down with it without a juggling. Everything's on display there. Allen's arm, Allen's progressions, Allen's accuracy, Stephon Diggs's route running, and Stephon Diggs's Incredibly reliable hands. Everything's on display in that moment. And as I let off with, that play is repeatable. The Hail Mary is not. So to me, no cause for concern on what the Bills are once we reach playoff time. Real quick, before I got a couple minutes before I got to get you to Monday Night Football, Vikings and Bears coverage starts next, and we'll have the game coming up at 8.15. That's when kickoff is. The Sabres releasing their reverse retro alternate uniforms today. In fact, every team releasing the reverse retro alternate uniforms today. I I think we kind of knew what was coming. We knew it was going to be a white version of the old red crossing swords jersey. I The same opinion I did at the end of last week when that's what we thought it was going to be. Last week, I called it a double. I called it a double. Anything red and black would have been a home run. Yeah, gold would have, to me, been a home run. This is a double. It's fine. It's good. It's a good uniform. It really is. But, you know, maybe you'll find by listening to me ever talk about jerseys that I like the same uniforms that a little kid might like. Like, I like the Mighty Ducks jersey. Like, that's bold. Put your mascot on your jersey. Why not? Who else is doing that? You're not seeing Gritty on the Flyers jersey. You don't see Sabretooth on the Sabres jersey. Like, throw your mascot on there. It's for the kids. It's good. Try something different. I love when teams try something different. Who You had the, the, the avalanche today. Don't be afraid to use the Nordiques logo. You know? The Minnesota Wild. Don't be afraid to go back to the North Stars colors. You know who was scared in, the, in this uniform race where you really see like who 
has the creative juices flowing in the league, who really knows what their fans like. I think the Sabres are somewhere in the middle here because I think, you know, I don't think they took a major step. The other sports comparable I made with the Sabres uniform today is that it was a two-putt birdie on a par five from 10 feet out, and you left the eagle putt six inches short. You just wanted to make sure you had the easy birdie putt. You didn't really go for the eagle. That's what you, that's what they did. Going for the eagle, that's, that's a gold uniform. That jersey, why was it so special in the first place? It wasn't because of the logo. The logo is really just their current logo, but the swords are bigger, and you took the buffalo out. That's it. It's a good one, but there's nothing special about it. Why was that uniform special in the first place? It was bright red. It popped. And making it white, again, it looks clean. It looks nice. But how do you get that same that same special feeling that red jersey gave fans, especially ones my age? Try it in gold. Try it in gold. Don't be afraid to use gold just because the turd burger was, like, the worst uniform you've ever seen. You know, don't use two different shades of yellow, and I think you'll be okay. But the teams we really saw on display today, that just, I mean, holy cow, the Islanders. I mean, poor Islander fans. I, especially someone that loves uniforms, loves jerseys, love when teams try stuff that's different. Here's the Islanders. That wearing not only something they've worn a hundred times in their franchise's history, but it, it is it's like the worst one. It's literally their home jersey, but navy, which they wore in the late 2000s. It's like they missed the deadline. You've got so much to work with, too, if you're the Islanders. You've got the fishermen. You've got that style of uniform. You didn't need to put the fishermen logo on there. You could have had that same like wave style that's on the bottom of the jersey, a little bit of teal in there like you used to have, and then just have your current crest. You could have done something like that. Make the base color orange? Anything? No, we're just going to go navy? That's it? Our current jersey, but navy? Oh, the Islanders. I'm not even an Islanders fan. It frustrated me. It's so lame. So lame. I mean, have a creative bone in your body if you're the New York Islanders. Anyways, much more time to talk about this stuff throughout the week. I got to get you to Monday Night Football. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at SneakyJoeWGR. I got an interesting stat on the Bills' third quarter uh, point margin this season, if you want to check it out there. I will definitely reference that, though, coming up on uh, incoming shows as we're at the Bills' bye week. Kind of talk more about the rest of the season throughout the rest of the week. Come back tomorrow for that. I'll be on at 7 o'clock. Until then, enjoy Monday Night Football. Talk to you tomorrow. This has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.